You're listening to DraftKings Network. First unreasonable odds of 2024, and we got a good one for you, Julian Edlow here. We're going to have Johnny Avello of DraftKings Sportsbook in to do the usual odds are with Johnny Avello here on Unreasonable Odds. Uh, we're going to welcome in a guest, a good one, friend of the show, Joe Osborne from Covers. We're going to talk some NFL and NBA trends with him. And then I'm going to rip through the natty, Washington, Michigan, for the big one in college football. Stay tuned for it all on Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome into Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Julian Edlow sitting in the host chair today. Uh, we got a good show planned for you. Crucial time of the football season. A lot of basketball going on, and we will talk about it all. Um, Johnny Avello will join for Odds Are with me, as usual. And then uh, Joe Osborne from Covers. Really looking forward to that conversation and breaking down some games. Big trends guy Joe is, so I'm sure that we will get into a lot of that. Let's do some housekeeping first. Best bets. Uh, Glasheen went one and two, it looks like, last week. We both gave out Rutgers as a best bet. That one got there. NC State, a bet I liked a lot. Did not get there against K-State for Glash. And then... Panthers uh, got the CLV, but did not get there. Uh, not even close against the Jaguars. I went two and one or one and two, depending on the numbers you got. Some CLV finally mattered uh, in one of these bowl games. Hit on Rutgers. I hit on Wyoming plus one and a half. They had the walk off field goal. They closed uh, laying a bunch of points. So kind of depends when you got in on that one. Whiffed on the Cowboys team total. Lost that one on Saturday night football um, in a debacle of a game. Um, Samir, you never told me what. Oh, Samir hit a teaser. Samir had a Jets uh, and San Francisco 49ers. Uh, sorry, a Browns and San Francisco 49ers teaser that got home to cash his best bet. Um we're going to do uh, a lot more NBA probably than usual. Maybe not a lot, but some. Get into some of the trends of the season uh, when we talk with Joe as well as NFL. We're going to close the show with the national championship. Um, me giving my thoughts on on Washington and, and Michigan, which I think is going to be a really good game. I have some plays now as we record on Wednesday, January 3rd. I'll have a Best Bets article up on DraftKings Network. Uh, closer to kickoff, so I'll probably get more expansive on, on some of these plays then. Uh, but I will quickly touch on the two college football uh, semifinal games. That was a tremendous set of games. Both games ending on fourth and goal stands with the game on the line. Michigan takes down Alabama 27-20 uh, to 20 in, in overtime. Wild game, a lot of turnovers, a lot of near turnovers. Uh, both teams made a lot of mistakes. Alabama up seven, has Michigan in fourth and two in their own territory late in the game. Can't come away with it. Um, so props to Michigan for grinding out a close win, which they haven't necessarily done. They have no come-from-behind victories all, all year. And then Washington was the more convincing one. Washington is clearly a better team than Texas. Uh, yet lined as a as a dog in that game as they were against Oregon, 
and here they are, third game in a row, underdogs against Michigan. Really impressed by Washington, really impressed by Michael Penix Jr., really excited to see what that passing attack looks like against Michigan's defense indoors in Houston. Um, but those were two insane games and uh, just highlights how awesome this field is going to be when it expands to 12 teams and how many awesome betting opportunities we're going to get when this field expands to 12 teams. Uh, but don't want to ramble too much about that. we got a lot to get to on the show, so let's start things off by bringing in Johnny Avello for Odds Are. All right, as promised, it is time for Odds Are with Johnny Avello here on Unreasonable Odds. We're bringing in the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny, we'll say Happy New Year one last time here on January 3rd. Happy New Year. How are we doing? Happy New Year, Jules. Uh, I'll say it next week, too. What the hell? <laughs> uh, that's pushing it. Um, what was also pushing it were those two college football playoff games, both games coming down to fourth down stops in the red zone with the game on the line. It was an excellent set of games, whether you disagree with some of the coaching or the refing or uh, – some of the insane plays or or were on the right side and, and agree with it. It was absolutely wild. So let's start with those two games. You know I was on Bama. House wins on Michigan. But like I said to you, that game was splitting hairs, came right down to it. Uh, by no means easy. Break down the result for, for you guys on the game. Obviously, the Michigan win was, was good. Um, but with the game going to OT, the total went over, futures tickets in pockets. What did Michigan winning that game, 27-20 to 20 in overtime, mean for you guys at DraftKings Sportsbook? Can't disagree. It was A-plus entertainment, that's for sure, whether you, yeah. you like the outcome or not. You know, from the time we put that line up, Michigan minus 2 and 46, it's, it's been all both Alabama. It was all Alabama, both side in the money line, which is around plus 110. Uh, the end game – wrote some serious money with Michigan being mostly around two and a half or so when they were favored uh, in the game. And when Alabama was favored more so, they were four and a half and six and a half with some even stronger juice at one time. Um, overall, we did really well to the game, but we got beat on the total as 85% of the bets were on the over. But uh, it was, like you said, life and death for both teams to win it. All right, let's go to the other game. In my mind, I thought Washington was was clearly the better team. Um, but late in that game, crazy series of events. You're running the ball. Your running back gets injured. You give Texas the extra time to get down to the goal line. Some weird play calls by, by both teams um, gave us a crazy fourth quarter. But Huskies outright as the dogs for the second time in, in a row, going back to that Pac-12 game against Oregon uh, in Vegas. And the game does go over, which I do think was a, a play for the public there. Uh, how about this one, including, you know, whatever Texas-Washington futures you may have uh, written as well. What did, what did the outcome of this game mean for you guys? It was an onslaught of Husky money, not only the day of the game, but also three to four weeks leading up to the game, going back when we opened that initial line four and a half. Uh, for bets laying or taking the number, wagers were – 65% 35 on Washington, 35% um, the Texas. 
The money line was 60-40 Washington. And the betting on the total over 62 points was 70-30 on the over. So I'll ask you a question. What does it sound like to you, how how we did on that one? (laughs) It sounds like you gave people back some of the money that they lost on Alabama. Yeah, maybe maybe even more so. Um, All right, let's look forward. Michigan, Washington, one versus two, both teams 14 and 0 heading into the national championship game. Can't ask for for much better than that. Uh, how are betters playing this one early? Again, we're recording on Wednesday, January 3rd. We had a month leading up to those last ones. This one, kind of a quick week turnaround with a lot of, you know, travel, big emotional games we're coming off of here. Uh, so first of all, how are betters handling just that that game on the side and the total? Second of all, anything out there, big futures on Michigan and Washington uh, that could wind up coming through? Well, this is going to be a tremendous right uh, with only a very small sample size in so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this one only has a week to write. That one had three, four weeks, and they'll still outhandle that one. But probably both of those together, probably. Um, but they're betting Washington on both the side and the money line at plus four and a half. That was the opening number. We're still at four and a half. Over 55 points, that's now up to 55 and a half. For the futures, uh, that they've been up almost a year. So you can think about the amount, you know, just think about the amount of money that we've written on this so far. Um, we really do well on Michigan and we lose on Washington. But our win is much bigger than our loss which is where you want to be if you're not a winner on both sides as a bookmaker. So um, looking forward to another great matchup. And I think this will probably be the biggest, most heavily bet national championship game we ever had. And I say that every year. And the reason I say that is because we do grow. We have more states and the states we're in have more better. So, but this one is tremendous matchup and argument for both sides. All right, we'll tie a bow on the college football season on Monday night. I'm sure we'll come back and loop back to you the next time we talk and kind of talk about the result of that one. But we will move on to uh, NFL. Week 17 felt like a pretty good balance of sides coming through. What wound up being the best results for you guys behind the counter? Best results for the public last week in NFL. Well, let's go back to last Thursday. We really got hammered on that Browns-Jets yeah. game. It felt like every bet was on the Browns. Uh, then on Saturday, uh, one, one of the crazy finishes uh, in the Lions-Cowboys game, uh, you know, that one actually turned out to be a good game for us. Um, one of our best wins for the day on Sunday was the Chiefs covering as they took the Bengals plus the touchdown. Uh, we also did well on the cards, beating the Eagles, the Saints beating the Bucks, and the Bills not covering at home uh, playing the Pats. The betters did well playing the Packers in the Sunday night game as the Packers ended up going off the favorite after Minnesota was a small favorite all week. Uh, they also played the Ravens to cover uh, the three, and the uh, Dolphins and the Steelers uh in that game, they bet the uh, the Steelers to win. Oh, sorry, they, it was the Ravens to cover the three over the Dolphins, and then the Steelers yeah. to win straight up at Seattle. Uh, they liked it. See, they liked the Steelers a lot in that game, and as it turned out, that was an easy winner for them. 
A lot of teams going up against their win totals in week teen, uh, week 18. That includes the Cardinals, who uh, I got under four and a half. I thought we were there. And, hey, they beat the Eagles, and now they're in you know a game with a spread shorter than a field goal against Seattle. Uh, you got the Bears out of, no, out of nowhere winning some games, and now they're up against the win total. Broncos, had they beaten the Patriots on Christmas Eve, they would have been over now. Now they're going to Vegas with that one on the line. Jags. Looked like they were going to soar over. Now they're home favorites against Tennessee in the division. Feels like there's a lot of win totals up against it in uh, in Week 18. Any? What are the more significant uh, win totals, results, or other futures that are out there, uh, whether it be for you guys, betters, whatever? I feel like there's a lot going on this year uh, coming down to the wire. No kidding, coming down to the wire. Yeah. Now, remember, we give you many options for betting season wins, so – True. Many, many hang in the balance, but for just the standard number, you know, the one where we said, okay, that's the that's the number, and we'll base mm-hmm. all of our, uh, you know, other odds off of that. Uh, you're looking at the Bills. That's a big decision. Bears, you mentioned. Seahawks, Jags, you mentioned them. Raiders, Chiefs, and more. All that, all those are all hovering around that opening number. Um, and then in the future side, there are about, there's four divisions that will affect our bottom line one way or another. That's uh, the AFC East. Is it the Bills or the Dolphins? The yep. AFC South. It could be one of three teams. The NFC, NFC uh, South it could be one, no, also one of three teams. Yep. Uh, and then the East. Will the Cowboys blow it at Washington? Uh, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, there's there's a lot in the balance here this week and. Um, and I don't think I remember as many decisions going into the last week as there are this week. I, I'm assuming the Cowboys are probably one of the bigger ones there. That's correct. As well as the, the, AFC, the AFC East probably up there as well with that Sunday night football game. Yeah, because, you know, the the Dolphins were a pretty good price you could have had at one point, and same went for the Cowboys. Uh, so, yeah, the, both of those teams would be a, a loss for us. Week 18 can be uh, a very tricky one. Motivation is the word that we're going to hear a lot of the times. You know, that both the Saturday and Sunday night games are slotted there for a reason. Both teams fully motivated going after it. A lot of the other te- uh, games, a little, little more cloudy. So let's start with those two night games where we know those teams will be fully invested. Texans and Colts playing potentially for the division or a playoff spot. Uh, Bills, Dolphins going for the AFC. Maybe fall down to a wild card spot. Maybe even fall out of it. Unlikely, but maybe fall out of it if you're Buffalo, which a lot of people are arguing is the second best team in the AFC. How are betters handling those two games uh, specifically? Well, first of all, let's talk about this word motivation you used. Uh, You know, some teams are fully motivated to win because of what's at stake. But there's Mm -hmm. players who are motivated on teams that, uh, are going nowhere that are yep. looking to get paid next year or maybe stick around with a team. So Absolutely. Uh, there, there's a lot of motivation on, on both uh, teams and players. But uh, you talked about this, you know, this uh, Houston game. Both teams are playing well and over expectations for the season as far as I, I, I'm concerned. But they're sticking, the betters are sticking with C.J. Stroud and company as this line has shifted from the Colts at home a one-and-a-half-point favorite uh, to Texas now won. Um, as for the Bills game, it's been all Bills because of Miami injuries like 
Bradley Chubb, who's out, and Tua T is questionable. But I think Tua T is going to play. There's no doubt in my mind. So will Tyreek Hill and a cast of potent offensive players, and the Bills just have problems stopping teams. So I think this number probably drops back down from that three back to two and a half once the you know everything gets sorted with Miami on who's playing and who's not. All right. Uh, any other sides on on the board that are taking significant money uh, for Week 18? Yeah, they're betting the Packers at home versus the Bears. Is the Pack still alive for a playoff spot? That's one of those, one of those <laughs> motivational moves. Uh, numbers up to three from one and a half. Jags are seeing significant action as they play for a title at Tennessee. That game's up to five and a half from three and a half. The Raiders are up to two and a half from one at home playing the Wilsonless Broncos. Uh, that's a that's also a big game for the Raiders for betters as far as uh, total wins wins loss over wins losses, and that's also for the Broncos. So that's an interesting one for both sides on that. Uh, I guess there'll be some hedging going on there, won't there? I would assume so. Um, let's talk player props and what goes on to you guys setting those numbers with Week 18. You mentioned, Johnny, a lot of players, you know, hey, uh, we're not playing the starting quarterback. You're going to get your shot here. So, no, the team doesn't necessarily win, need to win the game, but that player has an opportunity to showcase themselves. There's also these unique situations where, in some cases, we'll see the case made for a player under because, hey, we're going to start this quarterback and then make a move within the game, or we're going to play this receiver the first quarter and, you know, see what happens, uh, where people will make the case for for the unders. In other cases, you'll see the argument for an over on a player because they're going for a contract incentive or whatever. I know Baker Mayfield, if he's top 10 in all these certain quarterback statistics, gets a chunk of change, and there's a bunch of them that can add up to a, a few million dollars for him if he plays to a certain level this week. Now, Mayfield's a weird example because he's also playing to win the division. Um, but h- how do you take all of this information, comb through it on the last week of every year and ultimately set these props? Yes, that's correct, Jules. We take all that information and comb through it and ultimately <laughs> set the props. Yep. Don't make any mistakes because people will find it. <laughs> now, not all games for betting props are available at this time. The meaningful ones are up there. Uh, and we'll add more as we get closer to game time and acquire more information. Now, those you, some of you mentioned where a guy's going to play a quarter. We know he's going to play a quarter and be out. We're not, we're not going to put those props up. So we just have to really, really keep our ear to, uh, you know, social media and find out who's playing, how long they're playing, because we don't want to get ourselves in any jackpots. This happens, <laughs> this happened to us in basketball last year, guy playing very minimal amount of time. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're a little careful. And uh, last week in basketball, the Nets, Mikhail Bridges, you don't want to hurt that uh, games played, consecutive games played streak. Yep. There you go. So, you know, we're we're really careful. We try to get as much information we can uh, and go from there. So if you look at their site, there, there are some props up there, player props, but not the full menu that you would normally see. It'll get bigger, though, as the week goes on. All right, there it is. Odds are with the director of DraftKings Sportsbook, Johnny Avello, here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. Johnny, thanks for the time as always. You're welcome. Have a good week.
All right, thanks as always to Johnny Avello for stopping by the podcast to do some odds R. Now we have friend of the show joining Unreasonable Odds. We're bringing back Mr. Joe Osborne from Covers. You can find him on Twitter at J-T-F-O-Z. Joe, how we doing, sir? Hey, man. I'm awesome. Had a great uh, Christmas holiday and New Year's. Uh, Looking forward to the NFL playoffs. Week 18's a little tricky, so uh, we'll get through the other side of this, and we'll, uh, we'll have an awesome playoffs to get into. It should be an awesome playoffs to get to, and I'm very excited for it. But before we do get to it, we have to grind out this NFL Week 18 and make of it what we can. So before we start yes. ripping through games, just, I guess, your abbreviated uh, approach of how you you take this final week in the NFL season. Because if you start forcing things, you're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, I mean, you're doing a lot of guessing in Week 18, right? So it's probably a good week to lower your stake, uh, maybe go a little lower volume. Although there are, you know, there's a handful of plays that I do like this week. But you know, games like uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the 49ers have the number one seed locked up. The Rams are in a wild card spot. They know they're yep. going on the road here in uh, the first round of the playoffs. You really want to get involved in that game? Uh, and no. it, news news will trickle out that uh, they just came out that Patrick Mahomes isn't playing. No shock there. Yep. Some coaches will come out and say, yeah, we'll probably play the first half. Then you're going to have situations like, yeah, the starters – We'll decide how long we're going to keep them in for. You get that whole song and dance with some of these guys. So a lot of guessing. Don't force it. Uh, You know, save some money for the playoffs, maybe. All right. I can get behind that. We're starting with some Saturday games. We got two of them. AFC North battle, the early game between the Steelers and Ravens. We talk a lot about uh, Week 18 motivation well, the Ravens have none. They've locked up the uh, the first seed in the AFC. Steelers, who are now, obviously, as you can tell by the situation, three-and-a-half-point favorites in Baltimore, they're playing for something here. Yeah. Uh, interesting also, like one of the – I just saw this somewhere. One of the ways, the paths to potentially Buffalo falling out of the, the postseason, obviously they have to lose to Miami. One of the ways yeah. to do that is the Ravens losing this game. That's one of the steps. So if I'm Baltimore, am I considering that and saying if we lose, that's one of the ways to get Buffalo out of this field in the AFC? I, tell me, Joe, what you what you make of this game. Well, I think Baltimore is going to be motivated to play. Uh, it, likely you're going to see a lot of starters sitting. Why else would uh, they be a home underdog to Pittsburgh, right? But yeah. I, I think that the coaches are still going to come out and execute a really good game plan. And one thing to consider with, okay, the starters aren't playing. The guys who are coming in to play for the starters, they're still going to try really hard. It's not like yeah. these guys are absolute uh, jobbers out there, right? Some of these guys are auditioning for new jobs. They might be free agents next year. They might want to get promoted to play a little bit more, get some more snaps. So uh, that is one thing to consider with it being a divisional game. I do think that adds a little bit extra juice to it. Uh, the Ravens will want to enter the playoffs on a winning note. Don't forget the Ravens are the team that always tries to win these preseason games, right? So it's a bit of a winning culture there. Winning matters no matter what the situation is. Now, uh, I I do kind of like them plus three and a half, but uh, you're doing a little bit of the guessing game there a little bit with, okay, how long are the starters going to be in for? Uh, That all said, I I do quite like under 36 and a half for this game. If you look at these two teams, Six straight games in this matchup have gone under. Five of those six games didn't even cross 
30 points. So it looks like Tyler Huntley is going to get the start for Baltimore. He played in two of those games at the tail end of last year against yep. the Steelers. Very low scoring games. Uh, Huntley, so he started in six games last season. The average combined score in those games, there's just 26.8. So something to consider. It's going to be a messy day in Baltimore, it looks like, too. So uh, low number, maybe not low enough. So I'll take under 36 and a half in that one. Very sharp play just looking at the the splits here on DK Sportsbook. Again, we're recording on Wednesday, January 3rd. 39% of the bets for 72% of the money on the under in that game. So that appears to be where the bigger money is looking. Let's go to Saturday night where the – Colts at home have transitioned from short favorites to short underdogs. Teams playing ahead of Jacksonville on Sunday. So as far as they're concerned, they are potentially playing for the division here, uh, but still playing for a, a wild card spot. If it is Jacksonville that uh, locks up the division going up against Tennessee. So plenty on the line. Both teams, you know, 10 out of 10 motivated here. What do you make Saturday night? A uh, lot of money pouring in on Houston on the road here, Joe. Yeah, I like a bit of a trend play here. So I'll take the, it's a bit of a weird one, but hear me out. The first half under 23 and a half right. points. So uh, the Texans, a much different team on the road. All seven of their road games this season have gone under the first half total. Uh, that's primarily due to their defense. Their defense is allowing just 5.7 points in the first half on the road. That's second to just the Baltimore okay. Ravens this season. And as a result of that, they're seeing an average combined score of just 13.1 in the first half of their games on the road. Uh, even when C.J. Stroud is in, uh, the offense takes a little bit of time to get going on the road. The Colts are a team, I kind of think they outperform their stats. Like They, they score a, a pretty good amount of points but then you kind of dig into the stats to see how they get there and they're around league average in a lot of areas um and i do think the game sets up quite poorly for gardner Minshew. the texans pass rush has been absolutely ferocious in recent weeks 21 sacks in their last five games so i do think it sets up badly for the colts offense in this one so i'll keep riding with the trend here under 23 and a half in the first half all right, wild Saturday night at Joe's house. We're betting all unders in the NFL. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I time. tell people, people, why don't we bet something fun, Joe? Why don't we yep. go for something fun? And I'm telling people, yeah, hey, take the under on this guy's rushing yard total. Fun the name of the game is making money. That's what fun is to me. So yes. I love taking the under on a game, and you're seeing three and outs and punts and uh, <laughs> teams kicking field goals in the red zone. Absolutely love it. So hopefully we see a lot of that on Saturday night. Fun is cashing tickets uh, in, in regardless, so I, I am with you there. Um, let's go to Sunday's board. We'll go to some games that you have your eye on, and then I'll, I'll yeah. discuss a couple. Sure. Um, let's start with the big one because we're, we're coming off the big Saturday night game. We'll go to the big Sunday night game. Bills laying three points against a dinged-up Miami team uh, in Miami. Game is four to the division. Loser, Miami would get a wild card spot. They'd go to Kansas City. Buffalo probably would get a wild card spot. There is a, but there is a route there for them to miss the playoffs. Bills laying three total, 49 and a half Sunday night football. What do you like, Joe? Uh, I like the Dolphins on the spread. The Dolphins are so much better on their home field. They should be undefeated at home here this season. But, of course, we know that they blew that game against the Titans a couple Monday nights ago. 
whereas the Bills, they're kind of limping into this game. Is anyone impressed by their win over the Patriots last week? What did they have? Four turnovers in yeah. that game? Uh, the Patriots offense played better than the Bills offense did in that game, except for the turnovers, of course. Then the week before, they barely got by Easton Stick and the Chargers at there in Los Angeles. So I think the Dolphins are going to give them a game and at least cover the spread. But uh, another trend play here. I'll take the first half over as my best bet of uh, 24 and a half is the number there. Uh, you check out Miami, a league best 12 and four to the first half over this season. And then you take a look at what these two teams have done against each other in recent games in the first half. Uh, back in week three, they combined for 45 points in the first half. In the wild card round last season, they combined for 37 points in the first Ooh. half. Then a game in mid-December, Last season, they combined for 34 points in uh, the first half of that game. And uh, you look at both defenses here. Obviously, Miami's really banged up right now. Josh Allen has performed pretty good against Miami historically, whereas the Bills defense, not as good on the road. Uh, so I will take the first half over. And I do have a prop. I saw this. Uh, DraftKings has interception props. Uh, take yep. Josh Allen to throw an interception. Uh, minus 115. He's thrown an interception. That's in all 10, it is. 10 wow. of his last 11 road games. Yeah. So yep. very good price as of Wednesday when we're recording this. Now, mm -hmm. if you go to bed it on Sunday night, I'm sure you won't get that good of a deal. But yeah, he's thrown an interception in 10 of his last 11 on the road. Um, he'll be out there slinging it. I think Miami will pick one off. So uh, that's my angle for that game. Now, I'm a Dolphins fan. Uh, and it's I was going to bring that up. It's not easy, man. Uh, the highs are very high. It's a lot of fun. You watch them score 70 points. You see Tyreek Hill going off. You see uh, Tua have some uh, great performances every now and then. But the losses that this team has are absolutely earth-shattering. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, sometimes a team will lose a close game. You can say, ah, you know what? They played good. Uh, just didn't work out at the end. Uh, you know, a little bit of a moral victory there. There's no moral victories and losses for the Miami Dolphins. They get their ass absolutely kicked in these games on the road against good teams. And then you had that mm -hmm. game a couple Mondays ago. Uh, they were up by what? 13, 14 points against the Titans with yep. three minutes left in the game. Had they won that game, they would be clinched. This one doesn't matter. Two <laughs> yeah, and it's re it drives me nuts. And then I kind of like, okay, every team has bad losses. Even the Bills, they've lost that game to the Jets to start the year, that awful loss they had to the Broncos. Uh, even the Patriots, Ravens too. lost at home to the Colts, I believe. So yep. uh, every good team has bad losses. But uh, when Miami loses, it, it really stings. So uh, th this is a real big one for them to, to overcome here. It's a big deal, too, because if they win, they get the number two seed and they'll host two playoff games as opposed to going on the road in week one where they will play in Kansas City versus yep. the defending Super Bowl champions. Yes, much different spots, which is why, of course, both of these two teams, uh, Sunday Night Football, matters quite a bit. And if you do like that plus three, like Joe uh, leaned to, I would suggest firing there early. In talking to Johnny Avello earlier on the podcast, Joe, he said he thinks, obviously, some of these guys from Miami, as they get ruled in to play in such a big game, this one will dip back down below three, maybe two and a half. I kind of lean to the Buffalo side. I will wait to it to drop under if I if I play the game. Um, does it make it? Does it mean anything to you? Uh, final thoughts on this game. Buffalo has won ten of the last eleven matchups against the Miami Dolphins. 
Well, I just go back to last season. Miami played them quite strong. Uh, The last time these teams played in Miami, the Dolphins won that game. The Dolphins also played them uh, mid-December up in Buffalo. It was snowing. The fans were pelting the Dolphins with snowballs. It was an incredible And that was a close game too, though. Yeah, that went right down to the wire. Miami covered the spread. They were coming off uh, a a rough loss. I think they were coming off the loss to the Chargers last season. So Miami, Tua played in that game. He played great. Uh, And then in the wildcard round, Skylar Thompson almost beat them. They went up there and scored over 30 points. So... I mean, you go back and you look at uh, when Brian Flores and uh, other guys were, I don't really take those into account very Mm -hmm. much. But if you go back to the start of last year, Miami has played them pretty good. Now they did get their ass kicked in Buffalo or in week three or week four, maybe. I saw that coming though. That was uh, the game after Miami just scored 70 versus the Broncos. They were were completely flat. I don't know. I think Miami's kind of playing with – Nothing to lose uh, at, at this point, right? Uh, yeah, I don't really take the history into account too much here, and they do play a lot better at home. If it, if it wasn't Buffalo, though, I think they'd be in a lot of trouble. Agree there. Um, all right, let's take it to a game that, you know, Seattle has has something to play for. Arizona, yeah. you know, shouldn't be playing for anything. They're, they've got a number one pick in their sights, but yet they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. My under four and a half wins, which I thought was good, now comes down to this Seattle game as the uh, four and 12 Cardinals are making a hot streak to end the season here. I know you got to play uh, in this one too, Joe. I thought the Cardinals might not win a game this entire season. You know, we should remember that going into next year when everybody has that team. We we always pinpoint one team as, ah, this team's going to be tanking. Uh, You know, they're going to absolutely suck. I remember Jonathan Gannon was on, they were making fun of him on Twitter. He kind of did a couple things to embarrass himself. And and, uh, what were they, a a seven-point underdog in Washington versus the Commanders? They lost that game, but they did cover the spread. So, Let's keep that in mind going into next season, the team that mm-hmm. everyone thinks is tanking. Um, I absolutely love the over in this game. It's 47 and a half is the number. Every single game in Arizona has gone over this season. So seven games, seven overs, average combined score of 55 points in those games. Uh, five of the seven Cardinals opponents in Arizona have scored at least 31 points. And check out this little pattern for the Seahawks. They love playing Indoors. So a couple of indoor okay. games this season, they scored 37 points in Detroit, 35 in Dallas. And you go back to last season, a 31-point performance in Arizona, a 37 in L.A. versus the Chargers, a 32 in New Orleans versus the Saints, and a 48 in Denver or Detroit versus the Lions. So that's a pretty big pattern developing for them mm-hmm. playing indoors. And let's not pretend that the Arizona defense is any good. Both of these defenses stink, actually. Uh 32nd and 31st in third down defense. So I think both teams are going to be able to extend drives. And when they get into the red zone, uh, expect touchdowns, not field goals. They both stink in red zone defense too, 25th and 26th in that category. So, yeah, I I think this one easily gets into the 50s. I'm a little scarred from my Saturday night over last week of the Lions and uh, Cowboys indoors. CD Lamb fumbled through the end. Fumbles through the end zone. You got the Lions getting stopped on fourth down on the goal line. That one was a debacle, but uh, it sounds like maybe another indoor over here to to redeem yeah. ourselves. Um, all right, let's go through the rest of the board here. I 
I haven't done anything yet for NFL, but uh, I'm going to take you into uh, the Boston area here, Joe, as we have the mm-hmm. Patriots hosting the Jets. Two potential angles here. Number one, this game dipped down uh, back to one and a half, minus 130 Patriots on the money line. I lean to the Patriots at home here. It doesn't matter for either team. No, this is probably one of the games that, uh, you know, both you and I will tell people to be careful with. But the Patriots haven't really cared. They've been playing pretty well down the stretch. The win in Denver, they compete with uh, Buffalo on the, on the road last week. They're hosting a Jets team that's, that's been awful. They've seemed to always have their number. And then if you want to add the narrative, who knows? This could be the Belichick send-off. Uh, and, you know, that may mean something. And Belichick has owned the Jets in, in recent history. I, I, yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm waiting more towards the end of the week. But I lean towards the Patriots. And total-wise, 30 and a half, we are, I believe, matched for the <laughs> lowest of the season. But... We could have a blizzard here on Sunday. Ooh, uh, right? okay. Some serious snow. May, you know, talking a few inches in Boston, but as you get out to the Burbs, Foxborough area, looking at potentially a foot or so, winds in the 30-mile-per-hour range, it should be snowing during this game. Now, weather reporters are wrong all the time. I'm not going to blow the weather out of proportion here on a Wednesday. you got to wait till closer to kick. Uh, but leaning Patriots, leaning under due to the weather, do you have any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I absolutely love the Patriots. I'm surprised okay. this number has come down. Uh, so 15 straight wins over the Jets for the New England Patriots. Uh, Robert Sala in his career versus Bill Belichick, 0-5 straight up and against the spread. And I think the Jets are mailing it in a little bit. I don't want to hear about how great their defense is. They've allowed 27 or more, or more points in six of their last nine games. And... You saw them last Thursday night against the Browns. What the hell was that? Uh, I know the owner, they come out and say, yeah, Robert Sala's job is safe and everyone else. Why did these guys get a complete mulligan for <laughs> what they accomplished this season, especially the offensive coordinator? And Nathaniel Hackett, we know why. It's because Aaron Rodgers is essentially the de facto general manager for the team. But we've seen other teams overcome quarterback issues, and they've been all right. You look at the Jets offensively, uh, they're historically awful in the red zone. And on third down, they absolutely stink. So I do kind of think uh, we're seeing their defense mail it in a little bit. You look at their past couple games, uh, Joe Flacco went up and down the field on them pretty easily. The commanders came into New York and scored 28 yep. on them. We saw both the Dolphins and the Bills beat them up quite badly recently. And we know they got nothing on offense. Meanwhile, the Patriots, I think they're on the most competitive stretch of the season. I do think that these guys are playing for Bill Belichick. That is, you know, a bit narrative-driven, but I do think uh, there is something to it. Even if – I'll just add this because a lot of just locally people saying playing for Belichick. Even if they aren't playing for Belichick, the Patriots have um, one of the most heavy rosters in terms of expiring contracts in the NFL. These guys are playing for themselves. They're playing for their money. So that's yeah. one of the narratives also that I like with this team down the stretch. Yeah, I just, the Jets are the team in the NFL that I have, maybe in all of sports, a team that I have the least amount of respect for. I think that they are a complete and total joke. Now, I said it coming into the season that the best, smartest bet you can make is Jets not to make the playoffs. I think it was like plus 120. 
You look at all of the sport, they were top 10 on the odds board to win the Super Bowl. Now, yeah. I know Aaron Rodgers, I can't go around rubbing that in people's faces because Aaron Rodgers got injured four plays into the season. But do we think Aaron Rodgers at 40 years old uh, playing behind that offensive line really would have made the Jets that much better? I certainly don't. He wasn't very no. good last season. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and you, you watch. The Jets are going to do something in the offseason to get some noise going here. Maybe they'll bring in, uh, maybe they'll try to go get Devontae Adams or bring in mm -hmm. a Derrick Henry or a guy like that, and they'll make some type of positive noise, and they'll be in the news cycle throughout the summer. And we're going to see them on the top half of the Super Bowl Futures odds board, and I will tell the people once again, just take the Jets not to make the playoffs. It will be an easy winner for you. All right, there's your future for 2024. We, we got go. about four minutes left here on the podcast. We're talking to Joe Osborne from Covers. Quick NBA thoughts we'll wrap with. Yes. Uh, I know that you are a big trends guy, obviously. All the NFL you gave us was trends. I, too, particularly in the NBA, love to go with these trends. So you and I are often uh, aligned on, on a lot of these plays. I'll share one of my favorite trends so far of the season. Earlier on, it was, you know, once Zach Levine got hurt, I was playing the Kobe White. Points, rebounds, assists yes. every night. Went on a 9-0 and run before it finally came down a couple times. Right now, my favorite thing going is Pelicans' first half. They're 25-8-1 against the first half spread, but specifically playing it at home in the Smoothie King Center, where they are 15-3-1 to the first half spread. It got there on Tuesday night, the last one that we had against... Uh, the Nets, they're on the road playing the the Wolves on Wednesday, if you are listening to this uh, on the day it comes out, catching some points. We'll see if they wind up sitting anybody or not in the back-to-back. -back. Uh, but, Joe, with just about three minutes left, your your favorite uh, handful of NBA trends to, to back so far this season. Well, yeah, I like that Pelicans one, too. Uh, I've been playing that quite a bit. 9-0-1 against the spread in their last 10 in the, yep. the first half. Uh, the Celtics have been fantastic in the first half as well. 24-8-1 against the spread, 8-2 in their last 10 in the first half. So they get off to fantastic starts. Now, the big difference between them and the Pelicans, the Pelicans are often an underdog in the first half of their games, whereas the Celtics, you're seeing them, uh, you know, minus 5.5, minus 6 uh, yeah. Six and a half, in the, which is a, a big spread for a first half, but they're they're blowing these teams out in the first half of their games. I like to see how certain teams perform after a loss. That's been a hot spot for the Thunder, 7-1-1 against the spread. And fade the Hawks, man. Uh, people don't <laughs> seem to be reacting to how awful of a bet they've been. The worst bet in the NBA this season. Yeah. They're 1-12 against the spread at home. They host the Thunder here tonight. Um Two and thirteen against the spread as a favorite, and Philly's been fantastic as a favorite. Uh, Nineteen and six against the spread, and check out the Utah Jazz at home—a completely different team. Twelve and three against the spread at home for the Jazz. Now I don't know if uh, people take them lightly. Uh, something to do with the altitude, maybe. Who knows? But they just play a lot better on their home court. Uh, so yeah, those are some of the ones that I've been tracking. And playing now, as you know, uh, you just don't play trends blindly. You have to make mm -hmm. sure you're getting a good number. You want to back them up with some stats. That applies to the NFL here as well. But, yeah, there's always a, a couple little – if you dig enough in the NBA, you're going to find some um, some nuggets of pure gold in kind of the first quarter and the first half markets. Funny you mentioned the Jazz. Here's a Wednesday one for you. Jazz, who are just uh, – what are they, 9-6 and six to the first half spread at home – 
laid it with them against the Pistons, who are 5-12 and 12 on the road against the first half spread this season, trailing by over nine points per game at halftime. So I did lay the four-and-a-half Utah first half in the spirit of NBA first half trends for yes, Wednesday. Um, all right, I guess that's going to time-wise do it for us. We are, we are clocked out, but we got plenty of good trend talk in with Joe Osborne from Covers on Twitter at JTFOZ. Joe, thanks for joining us here on Unreasonable Odds. Yeah, thank you very much, my man. Thanks for having me. Best of luck to you and best of luck to all the listeners out there. Yes, let's catch some tickets and uh, we will do it again soon, Joe. Yes, sir. I can't wait. All right, I'm going to be back on the other side. We're going to wrap up the pod with a best Beck, Beck, not a Beck, a best bet from the Natty, Washington, Michigan, Monday night. All right, thanks to Joe Osborne from Covers for coming on, chopping it up with us on Unreasonable Odds. We're closing with the Natty, Michigan and Washington in Houston for it all. I, I lean Washington in this game. I'm not going to give a, a best bet or play on the the game total or side. I lean Washington with the points. I think the money line is a good price. Um, I, I think that Washington has clearly been underrated, underpriced in these last couple of games specifically. Both neutral indoor games as pretty big do- dogs, and they win both outright. Uh so, you know, Michigan's the best defense that they'll have seen, but this passing attack indoors, I, I would lean to the Huskies. Um, better quarterback can move the ball better. And we'll see what they, the Huskies bring on defense, which brings me initially, I thought I was going to really want to play Blake Corum, rushing prop, Michigan running back in this game. It's 104 and a half on DraftKings, so I'm not going to touch it. He only went over that number once this whole season. It was 26 carries for 145 yards against um, Penn State in a game that Michigan did not throw the ball in the second half. So I can't bring myself to bet that in in the national title game. I would say Blake Corum, anytime touchdown score, he has scored in every game this year, all 14 times. That's why it's minus 320. So I'm not going to play that either. I will leave uh, the Corum props alone. I'm going to talk one other player prop before I give my best bet on the game. Uh, And that's receiving yards. We're going Roman Dunze over 88 and a half receiving yards. You saw him uh, in the college football playoff game against Texas. Six grabs for a buck 25. Ripped off a long reception of 52 yards. This offense is, is lethal and Michigan's good up front. But Washington's O-line won the award for best O-line in the nation. They're going to protect Penix, who can get the ball out quick. And we'll see what this Michigan secondary is. It's going to be tested in a way it hasn't been tested all season. So you look at Undunze. Let's use the number 88 and a half specifically. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's gone over in 11 of 13 games. He's gone for 100-plus in five straight. Uh, I think all the games that he went under were outdoors, so he hasn't gone under yet indoors this season. 
I, that This is what Washington does. Uh, they air it out, and they do it very well, and we'll see if Michigan can defend it. So that's the prop I'm going to in the game. Ties right into my best bet. My best bet is going to be the Washington team total over 24.5 points. I lean to Washington in the game, but even if Michigan gets it done, I think they're going to have to score to win. I don't think they're just going to stop this Washington offense indoors the way that it's been playing. You look at Washington points this season, when they had low-scoring games, it was in in terrible conditions. Like, yeah, they scored 22 in the win against Oregon State. I thought that was going to be the slip-up spot for the Huskies. Outdoors, cold, raining sideways, Penix a little dinged up. They weren't going to score in that game. But you go back looking at this team. Washington's been scoring all, all season. They scored 36 the first time around outdoors at home against Oregon. Highly power-rated defense up there with Michigan and Georgia, according to power rankings. Utah, really good defense. They dropped 35 on the Utes. And then you just look at these last two games against good teams indoors at neutral sites. 34 against Oregon, 37 against Texas. I think 24 and a half is a pretty modest number here for the Huskies. Uh, so I will back them to get there. You look at Michigan, season high they've allowed is 24. So they're going to have to allow a season high in points here. But that was on the road to Maryland. And then at home, outdoors, obviously, to Ohio State. This offense is clearly well above both Ohio State and obviously Maryland. Uh and I think the indoor atmosphere favors Washington to to a degree, the controlled climate. Washington Huskies, team total over 24 and a half. That's going to be my best bet for the Natty. Thank you guys for listening in to the first episode of 2024 of Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Good luck with your bets, and we'll be back next week. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.